Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the DNVR Rapids podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Carroll, a.k.a. Mitchell. A.K.A. I never want to look at another T-shirt again after that Philly shipping. Woo, buddy. That was oh, a lot of T-shirts. Do I got a news for you? I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> oh, let's go. Uh, wearing that Philly shirt. Joining us as always, Super Yaya. Yeah. Uh, I'll make it quick. Hi. And hi. Uh, I'll let you pass it on to the next fellow. Great. Also joining us, it's downtown Dwayne Brown. Same. Hi. Let's get to our All right. awesome guest for today. That's enough out of you two. <laughs> Back on the program for the third time, something like that. I can't count. It that is high. friend of the show, <laughs> Rapids Two GM, first team radio analyst, longest tenured Rapids employee. What else can I throw at you? It is Brian Crookham. Rapids. Legend. I'll just say hi too, and we'll go back to Yaya. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're here. You're that back. was easy. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Love it. Uh, huge win for R two on Sunday. A one nothing win. Uh, over visiting San Jose to Quakes to I forget what they all call themselves. It's all a I little different. Quakes to right, like two two, and Q two. That sounds even fancier. Um, I thought that's where uh, Austin played. Oh, that is weird. Or is that where we'll keep it? Was? We don't want to confuse Yaya. Yes, so I am. I'm already. I already. <laughs> we got to really dumb it down today. Yeah, um, I really. I already think we're in the premiere. <laughs> I wasn't going to say dumb it down. Come on. When is Messi oh. playing? <laughs> when's, when's Messi playing? Um, Darren Yappy. <laughs> A full sprint, left foot from outside the box is the winner in the 84th minute. one nothing advance to the conference finals against Austin. Two. Yeah. Uh, and Q2. In, no. No, it's, in, it's, in, it's yeah, at the Richard. It, yeah. um, but all that put together, initial gut reaction to that win, to that goal. Um, I'm sure the team was going crazy in the locker room. What was the immediate aftermath of that? I think number one, um, it was just joy because now this is the first time this group has been in has been the bearer of the pressure, right? Uh, and, and we just talked off air about about how when the red card came early, that shifts everything on to us. And and right third now minute. now there's a pressure that you have to go win this game. You know they're going to be tough to break down, and. Um, I think the approach to the game was great. The the patience that the group showed and not just getting into some type of athletic contest that wouldn't have maybe uh, suited us very well and in, in, in given or put putting ourselves in situations where we could be hurt. You know, the team was patient. The breakthrough came and I I don't know how many times I've watched that celebration and awesome. every <laughs> single player, the relief, the I mean I'm Really glad there wasn't a camera on me in the box and and, 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 and the relief and the celebration that comes with that because, it, look, this team has been unbelievable over 28 games, and that is an accomplishment all on its own. But when you get to knockout games, things can happen. And so, you know, the, the, the belief that this team has in, it, in each other 
the camaraderie they have and the, their ability to celebrate with each other and the feeling they get when they lift each other up and when somebody becomes the hero because it's always somebody different. It seems like, well, not always, but there, there's a... There are some heroes there, on there the There are certainly sure. some People heroes <laughs> that, that have stepped up in, in multiple ways. And, you know, especially for Yaps, um, because he hasn't had the year that he's wanted to have, especially at the first team level, for him to so confidently take, you know, Seb steps up and, make, and makes an excellent interception and a first pass that goes to Yosuke, who's on the half turn and immediately attacks space that opens up space. Yappy peels off shoulder of the defender, and then the ball is perfectly put into his stride where he can take it, you know, that first touch and then and absolutely confidently smashes it home. Class. It wasn't even like, you know, that cultured. It was the ball's going in the net here. And um, it just, that was the group. The celebration comes. So to answer your question, in the locker room, there was such, uh, I think, pride in the group that they had overcome challenge number one. Challenge number two comes this weekend with, with Austin, and I think it pretty quickly turned to the mission. Um, they celebrate each other. They do a hell of a job of doing that and recognizing and understanding how each one of them contributes. But in the end, there's still stuff to go try to accomplish here. And uh, I, don't, I don't think the mission was, was lost in the joy of, of getting over the top on, on Sunday night. Interesting wrinkle to the playoffs for Next Pro is you guys choose your opponent as the top seed. Anything you'd want to to go into that process with us and kind of was it just pick the lowest seed because you're the highest seed or it, was it any deeper than that? Before we're, right before your answer, me and Mitch actually had this conversation yes. before you guys got to choose. I said you guys should go with the highest seed, which I think was Austin, right? <laughs> yes. Or like the number two. Yeah, seed. it didn't really work out that well for Kansas City. Did yeah, it? no, I personally thought it would because I thought I, that's how good I think the Rapids too is. I'm like get the hardest get the hardest team out of the way, and then just continue. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. There are things like that when you know you're going to have a full group, when you know the first team's healthy, when you know, like, if you – that does play into it. Like, the, the entire process was all-encompassing. So I would say a couple of weeks ago, we started putting sheets on the, on the wall in the coach's office with the potential opponents. Mm-hmm. Then it came down to first round of the playoffs. They, they take seven in the playoffs. Six teams were on the wall. Pulled all the reports on the teams, went through not only our matchups with them because the rosters vary so widely with um, with Next Pro because players getting called up or called into international duty or whatever that is, and so the process over a couple of weeks started to narrow itself. And you know when we got to this, and I, I told this story the other day, but when we got to the final. Uh, grouping going into Sunday night um, to find out who we were going to play. The five teams that were still left because Kansas City had been eliminated had all taken points from us at home. So, Whoa. which you, you might not think about when we won the West by nine points. Right. All of those guys had taken points from us at home. And know. so it was, you know, there was a lot that went into it. In the end, we're always publicly going to say we're just taking the taking the lower seed. We don't need to give any fodder there. But um, the reality is, you know, we felt like we found some matchups that, that we liked in that. It validated the choice. And then if there was any, uh, you know, if there was if there was any give or take in it, you just you just take what the seasons told you um, 
might be the better opponent on the day. And we were kind of getting into this, uh, you know, before we went live here, but you're planning 11 on 11, right? Like everything you thought about, everything you, in terms of picking an opponent, choosing an opponent in the third minute, they get a red card on a goal scoring opportunity um, on Remy just outside the box. And so they're now you're playing a fully parked bus, 10, 10 man group, 10 men behind the ball. You, you don't plan for that. That's not, it's not in the who we choose. Plan. It's not, though. It, that, it's un, I'm glad you brought that up because the reality is, so we had the week off. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the weekend where we didn't, didn't play a game, got the bye in, in the first round. And the first thing Eric did, literally the night um, that we had clenched uh, the top seed, was create a board of all the topics that needed to be covered in those two weeks. Things that we needed to either go back and review, hadn't quite done enough of, and it could be penalties under pressure, or it could be man up, man down, game management situations. All that gets covered. And these guys have not missed a detail in the preparation. So to say you don't plan on that, well, actually, you That's should cool. plan on that, <laughs> right? You should, yeah. should, you should say be thinking that, about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you don't plan on it maybe happening in the second minute of the match, and, and that does play into how, how patient you can be, how patient you should be, You know what things will hurt you then when you're a man up and when a team is so compact. And when you feel like you're on top of the game and you've had the ball for so long, you know, you can fall asleep on your shape behind the ball. You can kind of go to sleep on, you know, maybe that guy, if it's the 20 that was wide that can break and, you know, hurt you on the counter, making sure you got you got people that are aware of those types of things. But, uh, you know, I think the staff have, have done an unbelievable job of covering their bases on, on what they can cover. Um, extremely aware of details and um, you know just again really thankful for for the work that they've done and, and the way the players have received that information and, and kind of getting into that staff what has the message been from the staff to the players that has them playing at such a high level especially after having a bad season last year in, in level two what has the staff done to really like bring the players up to to par and have them be the best team in the league. Well, let me let me tell you. Let me wind all the way back to the Minnesota game away um, last year. We I think we got beat four one. It we we were really low. Uh, the first two months of the season in twenty two were difficult, and we had just talked post game about look just just hanging in the process. Pork Smith called me um, standing outside the locker room, and he said. You guys are doing the right thing. Walk up to Eric. Tell him that I've called, that we're all in this together, and and that it's a process. And literally, I think every day we've approached this as a process of getting better. And um, that showed last year in the way the team finished the year because from June onward, we were a top four team. Um, uh, but the first first couple months were That's not. That's what I remember. We're, it was just like a tough fun. slog to start. It, 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 we were, we dug such a big hole, and look, the Rapids fans can remember 2019 when we did the same thing with the first team, where <laughs> where we were unbelievable toward the end, but we just had dug just a big enough hole that we couldn't get over the top there, and and so this becomes a process. So when you ask about what the message is to the players, when you have 
such a turnover in the locker room. Day to day, you may not know that the big star or the last guy in the roster is even going to be in the locker room because they might be in a different training situation. There might be a need from the first team. There might be an opportunity to play a guy in the academy that hasn't had minutes, whatever that is. So it just becomes about every individual being bought into the process right now. And then you look around the room, you go, well, this is the, this is the group that we're going to do it with today. And then you walk out and you do it with that group. And, you know, I think that's been the mentality every single day. Um, it, and, and there have been times, you know, we're going to play an Austin team this weekend who were up 3-0 on us at home uh, in, in our building, you know, in the middle of the season. And, you know, somehow everybody has said, well, that's not good enough. And, you know, we come back, get the three goals, and then get the penalty win. And uh, beat that's, them on the road too. Right at the end of the season, we're sure as hell hoping they don't decide that that's a good method of uh, success that, this weekend. But um, but is we, that the technical message that that's not good enough? Absolutely, because <laughs> it worked. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's days when it's not right. It, even even with high, maybe especially with high performing teams, there are days when that honesty and that um, you know whether that's with the staff, whether that's with the players or a certain group of players or a certain player individually, the expectations are so high right now that it's okay to go in and say, Mitch, today that wasn't good enough. That's Story not what's going to get us there. <laughs> and, and, but, but there's also an understanding from the receiver of the message that we're all in this for one thing, and that's to achieve as much as we can as a group that will showcase the individuals. That will get the individuals to their to their goals. So, kind of the um, the the collective success of this group is helping the individuals, you know, showcase themselves and get to where they need to be as well. So, it's an environment that is churning right now and getting the best out of everybody. If you ask me. So, kind of with that, it's you got to also show the individuals because you want them to get a first team contract, whether it be with the Rapids, hopefully, or any other team, and kind of improve. How hard is that balance between you and Eric to see development and winning at the same time? It's talked about pretty consistently, but you know, I think that we've clearly stated that winning is a part of development. Um, you know, to the extent that you have the talent in the room. So right. the expectation on Eric is to do the best he can, number one, to squeeze everything out of every individual in there. And if we have a really talented group and you squeeze the best out of every individual, then the expectation can be you're going to win on Sunday night too, right? And then, you know, if we have a group and, and early last year, we matched up with teams that we weren't as talented as those groups. So it becomes getting the best out of every one of those guys, seeing if we can get the best performance out of it and see what the result becomes from there because we may not be the best team. What I would never say is we'll never teach anybody that it's okay to lose, right? Um, we're always going to work toward being better the next time we step on. And, and losing is part of it. How we react to losing is part of it. Um, and, and the developmental opportunity that comes with that. But we also believe that if we want a culture that's going to help our first team, not only from an individual player standpoint, but from a club standpoint, then winning needs to be part of that culture. We're going to go through cycles. That's the nature of this. We are going to have years in the second team 
where we've got a greener crop, less season, haven't been through the process, and we're going to take our lumps because that's that's where it is. Um, but we will always ride that into something positive um, in the end. Now, obviously, everyone needs development. We're not saying I'm not trying to say that. But when you have guys like Ollie, Seb, Yappy, a lot of first team experience, you know, have been around. They're not necessarily. Block, yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not necessarily calling them prospects as much as you know established players does that i mean does that have they helped build that that uh, uh environment that you spoke of where it's like having those guys with the experience that can fluctuate between first team and second team have played on the biggest stage in the mls a hundred percent it helps but if we don't do a good job of giving them something to attach to with the core of rapids two players mm -hmm. then it's difficult for them to come in and lead a group that doesn't have, you so know. So it's leadership a, then with those I, guys. I, I think it, it should be. Right. But you got to remember, those guys are still trying to figure out how they're going to break in to the next level. So while they may be more, um, let's say, accomplished, but they're, they're more experienced than some of the guys in the locker room that they come into with the second team, they're still on their journey as well. And I think one of the things that we really believe as a club is that every player that comes into our club, whether it's at the first team level, the second team level, the academy, they all have a lot of room to grow. Um, and even even established pros, guys that are playing 100 games in the league, we can help them continue to to rise. And maybe them rising means they're a a, a long term a, a a player that's gonna like Keegan, who's who's gonna play a, a massive amount of games and start every every week and everything else, or maybe it's an Austin trustee that's going to come in, get their confidence, get some details right, and get an opportunity to go where the sky's the limit. And, you know, I think every if, if we take that approach that we can, um, as a club, better everybody, that everybody's – that if it's possible to try to get a career year – out of everybody every year, you know, if that's our right, goal, right. then then we're going to be pretty successful. Yeah, yeah. And career years across the board uh, for a lot of guys, when you look at just the next pro stats site, it is rapids. It's pretty burgundy at the top of that. It isn't is. It? Yeah. Remy Cabral led the league in goals. Uh, Vargas led the league in assists. Hanya second. Ollie tied for third. Ollie with the most key passes. Um offensively dominant year and coincidentally you're going up against the clean sheet leader in the league next weekend in Austin sort of unstoppable force meets immovable object sort of situation there it is I think I think Austin maybe gave up 20 goals in the regular season you got your computer in front of me you're gonna call I can check it out. nah <laughs> don't don't okay. worry about that. Sure, it, sure. You know, what trust, Crook? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eighty-five percent of stats are just made up, right? Totally. Um, so uh, you know, in we we faced that group where I think at one stage they had given up twenty goals and we had scored five of the twenty against them. We believe that we can, in certain situations, be a problem for them. We know because we've experienced it that they can be a massive problem for us. Um, so, yes, and on a good day, and, and Damian made an unbelievable save at the end of the Tacoma match the other night to keep them in it and to, to secure the win for them in stoppage time. Um, 
the kid will stand on his head. We know that. And um, we expect that he will be in a situation this weekend where he'll be laser focused. Their GM or their one, one of their staff members uh, <laughs> told me after the match down there that uh, they just hope they get to play us one more time. Sure. Mission accomplished for them. Mission accomplished for them. And, and they've taken a really hard path to do it. They, they won at a good Kansas City team. They won at a very good Tacoma team. Um, and now they're going to come into our building believing that um, whatever's happened in the regular season is gone, that they're, they're going to be the better team on the night. And it's going to be a challenge for us. It's, it's really weird because Austin and Colorado have very similar situations. First team not performing, a lot of flux in how everything's being handled right now. But then you get to their second teams, and their second teams are playing really well. Is there any kind of talk between both organizations of kind of what you guys are doing, or is it like very separate and kind of just? Well, I've got, yeah. I, I mean, I think we have good relationships with with different clubs, um, and you know, in speaking to the guys down there, and they've actually had a change this week that um, Sean Rubio has gone to Toronto. But I, you know, I had had a couple conversations with Sean and. You know, I think that sometimes this can be a reflection of the maybe the overall health of the way teams are doing things that hasn't quite or it is not manifesting itself at the at the top level yet. And um, you know, commitment to the process, commitment to um, the really the values of the club, and you know, as you see that out we all of a sudden get into a situation where um, over over the next couple of years, we think that that'll be really obvious that the work that's been done uh, behind the scenes kind of comes out front. And I think there are clubs all over that are saying we're really focused on the future and the future being uh, a, a big part of that control of your future can be with the second team, the academy, and, and that type of thing. Uh, I want to dig in more to those stats we were just bringing up about how successful some of these guys have been. But first, we have to get to some ad reads. Conveniently, we have Kirkamon. Do you know what our ad read is today, fellas? Oh, I know. It's Colorado Rapids 2. Colorado Rapids 2. Good job with our guys getting that stuck in there. To the MLS Next Pro Western Conference Finals versus Austin FC 2. Kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. on October 15th at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Uh, Rapids 2 defeated Austin FC2 in all three of their regular season matchups. If they win this match, they advance to the MLS Next Pro Championship game on October 22nd, which will also be at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Head on over to am.ticketmaster.com slash KSE slash Rapids2 to get your tickets today. Say that five times fast. Jeez. am.ticketmaster.com slash KSE slash Rapids2 and you will get your tickets Today. That's at the Richard, right? That is yeah. at the Richard. North Boundary is dope. Say yep. what you want. It's a really fun time. Oh, yeah. Um, be there. Also, be there. Yeah, fan be appreciation North, night's coming up, 1021, um, against Fake Salt Lake. Um, if you go to coloradorapids.com slash DNVR, you get $5 off your ticket. Uh, so go ahead. Check that out. Only so many games left in the season, unfortunately. A sad, sad, sad time. So get in while you can. One last game at home for the senior team. Hopefully a couple more games at home. Two more games for two. For Rapids, two. Correct. Three total. Three games left. That's it. That's and it. one championship. So make sure 
you get on that. We are also brought to you by, of course, always Illegal Pete's. And not just Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's queso pen. <laughs> Crookham is over there giggling. I just know that Yaya has like this little gift certificate that he goes in and he's, he's like <laughs> VIP in there. Oh, know. dude, I don't even, I just walk straight to the kitchen. Yeah. I like, he just whips up his own queso. Yeah, I'm like, I got you guys. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> Puts but, his hand in the food. Just yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt that it's one. Weird. Hand over easier. the glass. It's don't weird. do it. Uh, <laughs> Unless you're Yaya. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, the Unless Illegal Pete's yeah, yeah. Queso Pen is available in select Denver area dispensaries from September 20th through October 31st. Illegal Pete's and O-Pen are both old school Denver brands and have been connected for over 10 years. They finally got the opportunity to officially partner on this killer cartridge. The original plan was to create an infused queso edible. There's still some science to figure out on the recipe, so this was the next best option. Hopefully an infused queso is still in the works. It pairs well with real Illegal Pete's Queso. And customers who purchase one of the cartridges can bring the box into any Illegal Pete's location and redeem it for a free small chips and queso. Queso on queso. Quesoception. Pretty awesome. Shout out to the homies at Illegal Pete's. 28 years in business. Bang. What are you laughing at? Crook of a chip. Yeah, I, am, I was <laughs> The last time I had a cartridge, I stuck it into my dashboard and it played like Brian Adams. So I mean, that's it. Yeah, there's a little bit. You don't really stick this in a car, honestly. Gotcha. <laughs> you can charge right. it in your car. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's. I'm it's, so confused. It's, it's right more. Now. It's Sorry. more. Twenty one and above. Twenty one plus. Yeah. Consume <laughs> responsibly. No drink and drive. Don't queso and drive. Perfect. Um, Dwayne. <laughs> I'm still. Is <laughs> <laughs> it time? It's time. You know what time it is. You know what time it is, baby. It's time for Mitch's Pete's Tip of the Week. Uh, don't stick your hand over the glass. They know where everything is because they work there. You don't have to point at anything. They know where the chicken is. Do people do that? They, I know oh, you there for my God. I, I've, I've, everyone. I've never, I've never seen anyone do I've that. I've seen fingers come like below the rim of the pan. Like they'll reach over, over the, the glass, glass to point at something. See, I don't do that. I just knock on the window. I'm like, give me my cheese. It is insane what people think is okay to do. It blows my mind. Wow. So my tip of the week is keep your grubby little paws on the other side yeah, of the glass. That's just a life tip. Like, yeah, don't do that. Lefty don't can't do see. that. Don't do that at Pete's or... Don't do it anywhere. really anywhere. That's weird. Yeah. Or maybe do it at Illegal Pete's Rivals to mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe that's not my tip. That that the tip ended before that. That <laughs> also, is just that's just talking. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch just sounds like he wants to bring everybody down with chaos. Bringing everybody down with chaos. All right. Shout out to illegal. Even Pete's. the workers that have nothing to do with it. <laughs> shout out to the homies at illegal Pete's. I ate their lunch yesterday. Okay. Here we go. All right. We talked about some career career seasons. Um. You have Remy Cabral led the league in goals. Nineteen goals. Fardo. Pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, you have Marlon Vargas, who led the league in assists. You have Hanya in second, and you have Ollie in third. What was it that, and I mean, this is obviously not a, a one-sentence answer. It's not even a one-paragraph answer, but last year was a tough season. Now, granted, from June on, it was a good chunk of the season, but it was a tough year. And then all of a sudden this year, unstoppable offense. Was there any one addition to the to the lineup was it a coaching staff was it an offseason 
light bulb goes off in your head that something clicked? What was it that really generated this offensive kind of revolution? Well, the the players that you talked about were either not able to be productive last year and then Ali LaRoz, who was hurt, or didn't play for us last like year. Yeah. Like Remy and Marlon. And, you know, so those guys, uh, clearly the addition of, of that type of talent to the group has, has taken us over the top there. Um, the platform that they have behind them has been excellent. So they can express themselves uh, on the attacking side of the field without the fear of calamity behind them. Sure. And I think that, you know, it gives them comfort. It, it gives our coaching staff uh, the ability to think about how we want to look in the final third, how we can be entertaining in the final third without um, giving up too much the other direction. There's always a give and take there, and there's always an you know, a level of exposure there, but, um, you know, to get into situations where you can let creative players go play with a shape behind the ball and an awareness behind the ball um, that will allow you to survive when you do turn the ball over. This is, and we talk about this all the time, even at the first team level, you know, this, this is a very transitional league and, and um, you know, we've been good uh, in the second team on capitalizing on transitional moments um, without sacrificing the structure that would um, maybe allow you to be punished on, on the other side in transitional moments. So, you know, I think it's it's an infusion of talent. It's an evolution of, you know, I guess the the awareness of the group and and a, a great job by the coaching staff of, of organizing a group because – you know, there were there were times throughout the season where all the players you mentioned were not available. Right. Um, they were either in with the first team. Um, it, a lot a lot of different things came up where we had had availability issues, and it didn't really slow the group down. Um, you know, so I think I wouldn't say it's plug and play, but I would definitely say that. Um, Again, people are bought into the process. Um, I, I think the information that's available to players to get them on the same page, um, no matter how much time they've spent with the group during the week, has been great. And, uh, you know, again, full credit to the coaching staff uh, for ensuring that talented players get to go play. When you look at those guys, uh, Vargas, Cabral, Hanya, Laraz, they only had about, this was quick math, 72 minutes with the first team total between all of them. Um, was it, I mean, is that part of your guys's kind of mantra with this team and being so successful that let's have them focus in on getting all the minutes they can and these leadership roles they can versus sort of just being on the bench, getting spot substarts here and there with the first team? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into that. So, Yes, number one is the real opportunity because if we leave players out of the second team and play 90 minutes in a really competitive match, say at Tacoma, uh, on the road, in a difficult environment, um, or you can stay home and you can be on the bench with the first team, get a warm-up in, and then go do sprints after the game with them, and then you can maybe sign some autographs on the way out, what was a better experience for the player from a developmental standpoint? Right, you know. Right. And and in the end, it's still the first team coach's job to to win the matches every weekend. So, um, 
it, you're always or most of the time the first team coach is going to say, well, I've got a 28-year-old veteran on the bench um, or a 19-year-old that's that's starting to bud. What am I going to trust when the game, ultimately my job's on the line, you're gonna you're probably going to lean to that. So sometimes it's hard to to uh, to get them a ton of minutes in there. I think the confidence of the first team staff had even early in the season when we went through the open cup type time frames where we had a lot of the call ups that, that came in with some injuries in the first team. Um, and we're able to, you know, we, we are limited on the number of times those guys can get called up as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weekly math equation for us in, in some sense that, um, Everybody's involved in the first team staff, second team staff, the academy staff, our front office. Um, it, we meet every week um, to to deal with that. Try to map it out the best we can, and then you go train one time. Somebody gets hurt, somebody gets called up, something changes, and you reevaluate and you go again. So, um, yeah, those guys haven't seen a ton of, of first team minutes. Um, but they have been recognized. They are trusted by those guys. They've been in the training, and um, you know I think everybody's quite aware of the talent that's in the group. So, kind of looking at that now, you kind of see what the coaching staff and office kind of thinking as a player, especially like a player like Ayla Ross, who was kind of touted to be take that next step into the first team, um, had an unfortunate injury and wasn't able to really take that next step. What was his mentality and Hanya's mentality kind of going through this year and getting so little spot minutes compared to what they expected? I think, well, I mean, if you look at somebody like Ollie, first and foremost, his goal was to get back, get healthy, and be consistent. And he didn't start the year just on fire. You know, he had been out for so long, you know, coming back at the end of last year and, and, and becoming you know, getting, getting back to some level of health, then it becomes fitness, then it becomes sharpness, then it becomes you're a contributor and a leader in the group, right? So, you know, from a process standpoint, I, I cannot say enough about Ollie's mentality um, in coming back from the injury, his want and his recognition of the need to have a really consistent environment for him to perform in, um, knowing that he had missed a, a lot of time in a key, I would say, moment in his career. The way the way he has, has approached this year um, is off the charts and is probably a blueprint for guys that have gone through a, a, something that, like he's gone through. So um, that's the mentality part of it. You know, the guys that are the guys like Yosuke, they're they're very aware that they're internationals and that there are limits on international spots and that, you know, those things play into it. And and so I think I think we've done a, a pretty good job of communicating kind of where guys stand, what their what the needs we feel like um, they need to work on in their development, what the opportunities are and maybe aren't sometimes. Um, and, and what their pathway needs to be if they want to achieve, you know, something greater. And I think they've all taken that information on board really well. And, you know, again, I think just culturally, the understanding of, of, of what these guys are here for, um, what staff is here for, and, and, and what the end goals are, um, I, I'm just really happy where the, gr- where the group is. 
So then you have guys kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum that have played quite a few minutes with the first team, <coughs> or at least a lot of appearances on the, on the team sheet. You know, Yappy had, I think, 900 MLS minutes this season, something like that. Um, Seb's been, you know, Seb just had a full 90, has been on, you know, on the the first team 18. team sheet a lot of times. Um, is it been tough for them to go from a very difficult season with the first team, losing some tough losses, turnover with the coaching staff and players, uh, to then come down to such a successful, I mean, what's that yo-yo like for them? Well, I mean, that's a great question for them, I sure. guess, individually. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, um, their approach, again, every one of them, nobody's walked into the second team locker room like, oh, my God, I got to be here. Right. Which is really, really possible. You sure. know, it, to to send a guy where you know, even even if you know it's the best thing for you, sometimes that's not that easy. And those guys, I mean, they they've embraced the opportunity they have with the second team. So, you know, I don't know how there's, there's certainly um, an excitement to be involved because you're that close and you know, you're literally an injury. You're a play away. If you made the first team bench, you're a play away from that opportunity and the spotlight being able to come onto you. So you can't minimize, you know, what that feels like to a player, even in a difficult season. Mm -hmm. You feel like you might be the guy that could turn that for you, uh, for the team. Because, man, if I just got my chance, I could just show um, what it is. So there's always going to be an excitement for a player kind of that lives in that space to be involved at the first team level. But again, the, I, I think the impressive thing is the way they, every one of these guys has approached the time that they've spent um, in the second team locker room and seeing that as a tool for their development, a tool for the way they are going to be successful in their career versus, you know, a punishment or something. They've all been unbelievably good about it, and it's shown in their performances, and I think it's shown in their career progression to this point. That's well, awesome to hear. I'm, I'm going to dig a little deeper into Rapids, too, and go a little bit into the academy. There's two players I kind of want to highlight that um, Baudry has had a great, a great, great season for Rapids too. And then you also have Andre Romo, who has in the MLS Next, was called an all-star, is getting a lot of buzz as a U-17, even played up to the U-23. What can you tell me about those two guys that makes them so special and being talked about so much around the league? Well, Adam's one of the best keepers in the country. He's so awesome. He's that's so what good. makes him special. Um, you know, he he has got um, a physical profile that is excellent. His instincts are exceptional. He is a good shot stopper. He's a guy that can control the box. He can um, everything. Everything that he does, he's got a baseline as a goalkeeper that's very good. And, and quite frankly, you know. Number one, he's got the best goalkeeper coach in the country as well, and Chris Sharp, and he, Sharpie's proven that with every single goalkeeper we've had to get the most out of, out of all of them. Um, you know, he, he's a kid that came to us um, after a successful stint in Real Colorado when he came in, and he got the opportunity then almost immediately to come in with the second team and stretch um, his development um, in that direction. 
and and he's taking advantage of every piece of it. The biggest thing about Adam is that he is so receptive and some guys get hard on themselves in in tough moments. He is so receptive to the feedback. He he's got a feedback loop in his head um, that a mistake is an opportunity, which he corrects and he moves on and he just gets better every single day. And uh, look, we've been able to rely on a sixteen slash seventeen year old all season in Rapids too. <coughs> Excuse me, in competitive matches. Um, that matter that in front of people um, under pressure, and he's been he's been great, been great, you know. And and then we do have guys in the pipeline that are coming up that maybe for physical reasons, there's a pretty big jump um, athletically. Um, so guys like Romo uh, are have proven themselves at, at one level. They're now coming in, spending a ton of time with the with the second team, and much like Adam. Um, there's an uh, there's a period where they start to get used to the level, the pace of it, the physicality of it, and start to level themselves within that, and then make that next jump. And obviously, we've got a really talented midfield right now in the second team. And you know, we're probably smile when he said it. I was yeah. just like, yeah. like, we got a midfield, like, baby. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> this is, this is the reality: is that in in April, May, June of last year, it was too damn easy for the academy guys to get minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It was too easy. You don't want it to be they that were, easy. They were they were really talented. You want it to be tough. Yeah. Really talented. But it was too easy. Right. We sh- you know, we we looked at coming into the season, we were saying, well, we probably need about 45 of the uh, percent of the minutes to be chewed up by second team guys, maybe 35% of the minutes to be chewed up by first team guys, and then another 20% or so to be chewed up by um, the academy guys, and we were skewed way wrong early last year um, with the academy guys heavy on the minutes because it wasn't hard for them to earn minutes in there. And now, like literally, we're almost exactly where we said uh, we wanted to be when you look at the – and we monitor that every week. We know exactly where we are um, in minutes played. You know, if we're at 28,000 minutes right now, over that, we can tell you, you know, we're in the 14,000, 10,000 uh, range with, with guys. We know exactly how, how, who's played what and, and all of that. And, um, you know, we're, we're pretty happy with that mix. So I, I don't know. I've, I've gone way over the top on your question. but um, <laughs> No, no, I love it. I mean, I love Academy Talk. <laughs> that's what we tried to yeah. – that's what we were going yeah. for. There, but so. but then – so now, now you take that back one step further, and now we'll look at a guy like Romo, and we're going to say, well, in 2024 – you need to earn. You're not going to be given, but you you need to earn a certain number of minutes at second team level, um, if you are on the progression that we want you to be on, and uh, and so those things become same thing with Adam this year. You know, we wanted him to get, we wanted him to start at least five second team games. Well, he he's blown that out of the water, hasn't he? You know, <laughs> um, and some of that's opportunity too. Yeah. You know, it, you know, with Abe, Abe, Abe got hurt at one stage, Yarby. Will's hurt, yeah. you know, and, and so you have to be in, in you go all the way back to somebody like Vinesy a, a few years back where as an 18, 19 year old, he was out in Charlotte kind of on, on loan and, and on an Island and, you know, left back gets hurt first game of the year. And all of a sudden he goes in, plays left back at Charlotte independence all year long. And he's back in the first team the next year. Some of it is, when the opportunity comes, are you ready to to seize that opportunity? So, yeah. you know, it's it, 
we've got targets, but you got to be ready when the opportunity comes. We have a great question from Brendan Plown, our homie over at the Denver Post. We will get to that. I've heard of him, too. Yeah, you've talked <laughs> to him. We'll get to that in a second, and it'll kind of kick off our, our third segment, talking to sort of first team, anything we left on the board with our 2 stuff, and just kind of wrap up the show through there. But first, we have to, have to, have to talk about our friends at Broken Tea. We were talking good vibes in R2. There are good vibes on the golf course at Broken Tea, the cool, coolest golf course in town, award-winning practice facility, 27 total holes. You can play 18, then hop on the par three if you're still feeling it. Or maybe if you need to get back after a rough 18, you know, just go go throw a few darts on the par three course. Uh, they have a stocked pro shop full of great gear, and their restaurant, Wyatt's, is so good. What do we always say? Glizzy's at the turn, baby. Gotta get the glizzies at the turn. I'm not a golf guy, dude. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I don't know that what that means. means. Go- <laughs> I think it's golf halftime hot dogs. Correct. Mm. For yeah. those halftime dogs. Halftime dogs. I don't know golf. Yeah, I'm a halftime dog because I, like I don't dogs. got that first half of yeah. me. Glizzies at the turn. Uh, you had us in the first half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also have experienced experienced teaching professionals with Meta Golf. Go to BrokenTeeGolf.com to make tee times and get the latest updates. You can use code DNVR10 for 10% off any round. On the regulation course that is pretty awesome shout out there and while we're talking ads let's do our own ad do it you should become a diehard member with dnvr uh all all colorado sports games are here at the dnvr bar uh come through if you're a member you get 15 percent off your entire bill at the bar you also get discounts on tickets to our broncos tailgates our buffs tailgates um our Party buses from here to Ball Arena for Avs and Nuggets takeovers. Out to the Richard for Rapids takeovers. Um, you get a free shirt at sign up and every year at renewal. 20% off merch always. 20% off events. I already said all that. You get the diehard only Discord. Are you guys Discord guys? I tried. Not, I'm not it's a, tough for me. I'm, not a, I'm scared. I don't like messaging people. I like talking to people. I am really bad You're at responding. You're an in-person guy. Yeah, I don't like. I, I'm really bad at responding. Horrible. I like it. I like that there's a, a conversation on there for everybody, whether it's wrestling, baseball, football, Look, soccer. The concept is proven. Yeah. I think it's great. Just not does a great me, job. Hop in there and check it out. Um, you get a physical diehard card. It says you are a card carrying <coughs> member of diehard Denver sports fans. Um, you get premium content. Uh, diehard only bonus podcasts are on their way. Which I didn't even know until I read this ad read, and that yeah. sounds sick. Um, so definitely want to check that out. Um, you also get discounts from select partners, including Illegal Pete's. You might be getting a free entree coming your way if you're a diehard Ooh. member from from our friends at Illegal Pete's, and a lot more to come. Um, so check out that. I know we tell you at the end of every episode, become a diehard, but you really should. It's the best way to support local journalism like us, local podcasts. And just to be to be part of a community, you end up seeing regulars at all these, whether it's uh, you know the Nuggets crew, the Avs crew, Broncos games. It's just people that want to show up and watch their favorite teams together. So make sure you get your membership and join up now. And okay. Be, uh, before we get to more questions, give us a thumbs up, please. Oh, it yeah. really helps out. Uh, I know Crickham would love a thumbs up right now. Hit that like. He was uh, begging for twenty five before the show. I think is what he was telling begging. Me. He, like uh, begging yeah. me, like yeah, give me the twenty five, yeah. please. Um, and also, remember, this is also an audio <laughs> podcast, so we right. also are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so please uh, go follow us there and give us a five-star review. Five-star review. Anything less, you're out of here. 
Um, all right, Brendan Plown, shout out. Thank you for putting in that question. Sorry it took so long to get to it. Our friend from the Denver Post. Um, make sure you read his stuff. Question for Brian. How closely do you think the five first-team head coach candidates are paying attention to this R2 postseason run? How much is the R2 component valued in this coaching search? Well, that's a great question. And um, I will say that the it is, it is a part of, of what's going on because it's an evaluation of what a first-team coach um, can expect in building the future of, of the roster. Right, so, so what's in the pipeline? So I think it would be... I don't think it'd be a stretch to say that um, there's a lot of attention being paid um, to what's happening right now in that group um, by candidates. I can't speak for those guys, and um, you know, I'm not going to go into the search piece of it uh, from here. It's a good try. Got Almost got him. Thank you. Thank you, Brendan. Good try. Good Brendan try, was trying Brendan. to do a, a great job of, uh, <laughs> of opening a can of worms for you to jump right into yeah. there. But... Um, you know, I, it, it's it's certainly something that's that's valuable um, as they look at how this this can progress for them in a roster build, and um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right, Brian, let's get into this coaching search. Who are your top five? You are not going to believe. You're not going to believe this. It's already time to Whoa. go. Wow. All right. Oh, we can go over. We're fine. Yeah. We don't got to show too Yeah. Sorry, I got to get my hair done. Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, naturally. Uh, Dwayne, you you kind of had so related to the coaching search, but not in a in a super deep way. Not um, in a mean way. <laughs> uh, not in a get know, Brian in trouble way. Correct. Not, not, yeah, 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 not yeah, yeah, in okay. a get Brian or Kenzie in trouble kind of way. It was Kenzie's um, fault. <laughs> so, if she shuts off my mic, we'll know why. Yeah. <laughs> We, we broke her button, actually. So you just talk as fast as you gotcha. can before she runs over. Um, so you were, you are one of the voices uh, of the um, of the, the first team. We, we get to hear you cover the matches. You're obviously very familiar with um, how the season has gone, you know, good and bad. Uh, I've talked a lot about that over yes, the last yes. 32 <laughs> games. Yes. It's been um, tough. It's been tough. Looking at some of those challenges and also some positive things to build upon in this coaching search, what do you think are some of the strongest qualities that they are looking for in a candidate? Well, I think, you know, I, and this will go back to, I'll, I'll just reference what, what Porig has said publicly and, and that, um, I think philosophically we want to be on the same page where we can build a group that is um, very good in what we feel like is the most important pieces of the game in MLS, and that's in transition. Um, our ability to be to be able to strike in transition, to be able to uh, defend in, in transitional moments, uh, which means that we have to be uh, a team that's that's athletic. Um, it's a team that is bold when we think about how we want to attack in the final third um, and and confident in there. I think we're going to need a, a head coach that can come in and and manage the group and and feel confident that that there is a synchronized approach between 
what's going to happen on the field and and what ha- what needs to happen from a recruitment standpoint and um you know i think that's probably what's going to help make a successful candidate there and you know again there there's been a lot said publicly um from Porg's side about it and and i I'll let that stand because it's yeah. not lip service. It's literally what we talk about every day. And kind of thinking about the same thing. Coach has been replaced. Um, no longer here. I'm starting to think a lot of this first team is also very re- not replaceable, but they're on edge too because after a season like this, nobody has a real secure job, right? Which players from Rapids 2 do you believe have the best chance to make that first team jump? Can I guess what you're going to say? He's going to say all of them or none of them. He's not going to give us one. That you're you've you've talked to me before. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to keep asking until I get I an answer. <laughs> but no, and, and and that's fair enough. But but what we have to do, if you think about this, and and hopefully a, a new head coach will think about it this way as well. Or I, I know a new head coach will think kind of have this. to, right? <laughs> it, so what we're essentially doing is we're looking at this roster from the top of the first team all the way through the academy. And because those are all players that are available that we have access to mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. day. So then you start looking at decisions that need to be made at the first team level on retention of players or, you know, moving on from players and the opportunity that comes with that, the pathways that are available to players. We may have talented guys. We do have talented guys that for one reason or another we, we might not have a, a pathway for them to achieve what they need to achieve in the timeline that they need to achieve it for their careers. And they may be, you know, we may be looking at um, different situations for them. So um, this is a really politically correct way of skirting your question and saying that we've got, we will evaluate that as the first team roster evolves then you kind of you know move those pieces around to complement all the way around. What I will tell you, I, I am very confident in saying, is that I think there are a handful of players in the second team that can be players that can have successful careers in MLS. That's, I agree with I'm that. I'm happy with yeah, that. I agree yeah, with like, that for sure. Real quick, there's 17 people watching right now. Only 10 likes. Hit that thumbs up. Um, now, it's not just... You and Porg and, and the Rapids front office looking at this team, especially with the success they've had. It's other teams in the MLS, you know, maybe elsewhere. And when you're this successful, you know, you're thinking guys might make the jump to a first team, to another first team. How prepared are you? And maybe this is jumping the gun because the playoffs aren't even over yet. But after a successful run like this, how prepared are you for just like a new R2 next season? Poaching's going to start too. Very. Um, uh, look, to be honest with you, the, the second team is never going to be the top destination for any player or any staff member for that for that matter. So, you know, part of my job is to ensure that we have a, a constant evaluation of, of how we're going to move forward. And so, you know, once we get f- past what you would call a roster freeze timeline, you know, we're thinking forward. Right. Um, and when I say we, a lot of that's me. And sure. I've been really careful. Um, Eric and I are in constant conversation. Um, but the bits and pieces that I'm feeding him are only relevant to what we have to get done right this second to ensure that we can be successful in the future. 
um, but it is not an area of focus for him right now. So, you know, that, that becomes, from my chair, we're thinking about roster evolution. We're thinking about roster retention and roster, you know, the movement that's going to happen in and out of that. You're right. We have interest. I'm getting calls on player. What are you doing with this guy? Is he going to be back? Is he, you know, we, we've got a ton of interest at different levels um, and both domestic and internationally on a lot of these guys. And so um, we are going to have to make um, smart, quick decisions when this ride comes to an end, um, which we know there's a there's an expiration date on it. Um, it's not going to go past the, you know, the end of next week for sure. And so my job is to be thinking about that. Eric's job is to be thinking about training today on how, how we're going to get through that. Um, but we certainly are thinking about the evolution of this. And I mentioned this is going to be cyclical because we are going to have a good group that will earn opportunities elsewhere, whether that be in our first team, whether that be outside of the club. Maybe it's just retention for those guys, but we're also going to have some turnover, and then you start the process again. So, you know, we are going to be in a – we we will – recycle kind of the state of the team and so we're thinking about the future all the time especially in this space because this space is not a destination you know yeah. one of the words that i hear you say a lot when we talk about the roster and r2 uh is the word career which i really appreciate because it's it's not looking at one r2 player and say how do we make this how do we make this this athlete, a Rapids one player, it's you're looking at career, which could be anywhere, which I, I think is very respectful um, to these uh, these you know young athletes um, who are trying to further their career. Is that difficult to look at it that way, knowing that you're a Rapids guy, but you're also, you know, you're also looking out for what's best for the athlete too. Is there ever like a is that ever a tough choice? Um, I don't think, think so, about? because our selfish motivation of getting the best out of every player and seeing if they can help us at the first team level is going to help them. So I think sure. I think if if we are really good at what we do and we maximize the potential of every individual, even if uh, an individual whose potential is maximized for some reason, whether it be situational, whether it be just w- whatever – doesn't help us at the first team level moving forward it will help them it will give them the best possible opportunity um, in their careers so I think you know it we can still be selfish in the way we want the outcome to to go um, knowing that it's going to be in the best interest of everybody um, because if you look at it in a really cold simple way it's an asset development piece of it and mm-hmm. and you know, for the individual, if you're if you're a valuable asset, you know somebody else is going to want a piece of that as well, and so um, you know you hate to go into kind of cold terminology on that, but but um, I don't I actually don't think that's hard to balance because yeah. in the end, if we get the most out of everybody, the stuff that benefits us will still be there. The stuff that benefits them will go on forever. And by the way. I think we can look any prospect in the eyes and say, if we do the best thing for you, um, we'll get our piece of it. And by the way, you'll get your piece of it too. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I think it just, 
you know, we go to bed at night knowing we're doing the best thing we possibly can for everybody involved. And, yeah, and uh, it doesn't come off cold terminology at all. But I, just, <laughs> I love when you say that. You know, you're looking at the career of, of you know, of the player. I think that's awesome for both for both club and and player. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's 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 what we do. So talking about one player that you guys brought in and had a plan for him, Daniel Chacon. Went out of Costa Rica, had a very unfortunate uh, injury, which I thought he was going to make the first team next year and be a key piece. Where do you plan? Where do you see him going in the future with his career? And kind of where do you think he's going to rehab, whether it's going to be in Colorado, back at home? Where do you guys see him? Well, I, what I can tell you is that, and, and I won't discuss a an individual player's medical type situation. Um, I don't think that's fair um, or right. But what I will say is that we are very involved in the process to get him as healthy as he can possibly be to come back and be a big-time pro that will also be a big-time contributor to his country's national team, I think, yeah. um, as as you look forward to 2026. And World an expanded, Cup player. An expanded World Cup. Um, and so, you know, I think he's in very good hands. I think he's in a very good situation to achieve what he wants to achieve. And um, it's devastating because he is one of the greatest people out there. Um, and uh, he's had a really tough go. He, he had such a quick um, public rise because yeah. there's no such thing as overnight success, right? No, it's, it's the grinding that happens over and over and over. Um, but he had a, a quick rise in the public's eye when he was all of a sudden in the national team roster, beating the U.S., Mexico, then World Cup, and then injury, and it's then tough. disappointment, and the things that go with it. So his roller coaster ride has been there. He's got a great support system, both, I think, you know, for him as a human and um, for him as an athlete. And. I'm pretty darn confident that that you're going to see him come back into a situation where um, he's a he's a long term contributor to our sport. Last question from the chat from the from our homie Matthew. Question from Ryan: Where do you want your MLS Next Pro Championship banner hung at DSGP? In my office. Love that. <laughs> That's what I would want it too. It's not for everyone else. It's for you. How, how about how about how about in the in, in the locker room of, of the for, of the second team? Because in the end, those guys need to know when they walk in there, a something's really achievable in that locker room, and b there's a standard in that locker room that's already been set. And um, you know, I. I, I hope they have to walk in there every day and, and, and touch it and say that, but we're still we're still 90 minutes this weekend away from even having an Knock opportunity um, to do that. So we'll we'll think about that at training today about what we can do to be better tomorrow, better through the weekend, and and uh, be able to put our best foot forward against Austin, and then and then we'll uh, we'll worry about things like that later on, but. You know, the, the successes that the team has already achieved this year will be um, memorialized so that it sets a standard um, for, the, for the future. That's great. Uh, guys, R2 Conference Finals Sunday at DSGP. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. AM.ticketmaster.com slash KSE slash Rapid Stew. Correct. That's the best way to get the ticket. Get a ticket. Come hang out. There's Come. a really easy link you can click on, too, if you don't want to spell yeah. all that out. No, you have to type it's, it out. Okay. That's the yeah. only way. Right. Or it's in our YouTube link. <laughs> <laughs> or it's in the YouTube link. Go check it out. Uh, anything else you'd want to direct people towards? No, come see these guys uh, on the weekend. They, they, I think they've earned the right to entertain people. Um, I hope they play a great brand uh, of footy. I, I hope I hope they uh, have a big crowd supporting them, and um, I hope that people come out and see what the future of this club looks like. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Plug us out of here. The end of your underscore rapids on Twitter. Please follow us there. Follow all the work we do. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter. You can find us right there on our Twitter profiles. Give us a five-star review wherever you hear this podcast, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all platforms. Give us a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. It really shows the higher-ups that we're doing a good job, and people really want to hear what we have to say. Dwayne, anything else to add to that? Follow Brian on Twitter. Brian, what's your Twitter handle? I made it really hard. It's at Brian Crookham. Boom. How much do you have to pay for that? How much do I have to pay for that? How much did you have to pay for the handle? Did someone already have it? Oh, come on, man. Did someone already have it? No, they just That's gifted awesome. that to me. They're they, like, hey, we came, got you. Okay. Rapids legend, Crook, and we got what? to get to it. They this had it on a, hold. You got to remember, I'm so old that I was in the first generation, first thing of Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, because somebody in, in media said, you should probably do this, and why don't you use your name? That'd be good. There you go. So Easy yeah. as that. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Get your diehard membership. Go to the R2 game on Sunday. Maybe go to one next Sunday, too. We'll see. Got to go on Sunday to find out. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for, for joining us again. Hopefully, we'll have you back soon, maybe this offseason. I'm around. Let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. You know how we end every single show, and it is up the pits. We all silly like the mayor. 